Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Daily Objective. A lot to talk about today. Is greed good? Well, to help us understand that, we've got the one and only, the last of the Greeks, the man who Aristotle and Plato used to argue about which, which one can have him as their student. But uh, only Ayn Rand got to uh, win that prize. Nikos Sotikarakopoulos. Yeah. Hi. Thanks. That was <laughs> right. So, yeah, today we're going to talk about the issue of greed. And we're going to take it from the ancient times till today and see why it gets this bad publicity and whether maybe it should get this bad publicity. Of course, the starting point is the 1987 film Wall Street. And I want to focus a bit on that film because it had a very big impact on me. So it was during the time when I was kind of on the crossroads between Marxism, but also having questions about Marxism. So I was kind of almost towards the exit. And I watched this film expecting to see why indeed capitalism is such a horrible system. But Gordon Gekko, although eventually he's proven to be a very flawed character, he's portrayed so in such a cool way by Michael Douglas, which is almost like I would call it a, it should be called the gecko effect. You have a villain, but he's so cool that he, people end up watching the film just because of, of him. And maybe Oliver Stone felt bad that his arts capitalist was so cool that he had to remake a sequel, like to make a sequel in 2012, which was very, very, very bad film. And the one thing why Wall Street was very famous was this speech by Gordon Gecko, where at some point he says, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed for a lack of a better word, is good. And then he says greed is right, greed captures. And he says that when I'm talking about greed, I talk about greed about money, greed about love, and all that stuff. And if you remember, around the 2012, 2010, 2012, during the crisis and the reply to the crisis with the Occupy movement, the narrative was that what caused the crisis was greed. And this has reached such a level that I even see most of University students, when they write an essay about the 2008 crisis, the, the, the analysis that it was, it was greed. So to begin with, before everything else, what do you make of the topic of greed? Is it something that what we would call like a, a, like a concept which is useful or is it a concept which basically doesn't mean anything or basically a package deal as, a, as an objective as we put it? It sounds like it's used as a package deal. Um, I don't have the, the definition in front of me. I, I've only used it in negatively, like meaning um, getting so hungry that you lose sight of the big picture. So like stealing is greedy or, um, or demanding that your boss pay, give you a raise before you know he's able to and before you know you've been with the company long enough. You're getting greedy, like slow down, you'll get there. That's kind of how I use the word. Um, but when it comes to rational endeavors, when it comes to actual productive work and reaching for the stars, in that respect, um, ambition is good. Ambition, to the extent that greed means ambition, it is good. And you can never have too much of it. Um, but um, again, yeah, like you said, or like you alluded, it is a, used as a package deal. So ambition in the rational sense is packaged with irrational... Um, um, just, just whim worship and, uh, and, um, and extravaganza basically. Yeah. E egotism, not egotism. Ego yeah. yeah. And again, 
the number one film that kind of makes fun of the 1% was The Wolf of Wall Street. So then we move from a character which was kind of the cartoon capitalist Gordon Gekko to, to something which is really a cartoon, like The Wolf of Wall Street could be a cartoon. So it was, it was almost as if taking this, this, this idea of, the, of Gordon Gekko, but taking away all the, at least, you know, the, the serious, the serious, the, the, the single-mindedness that I'm going after profit. Because then, you know, you go after cocaine parties and all that stuff. Now, quite often, when we discuss about bad ideas, Raka's contribution is to take us back to ancient Greece and to the age of, of reason. But here's, here's an interesting problem here, that my ancestors were very, very worried about people getting too ambitious. And there are two, there's one example, which since I was a kid, it really creeped me out. And it was the legend of Icarus. Now, for those of who haven't heard it, Icarus had some wings. And Icarus had to fly not too low because then his wings would be, let's say, wet from the sea and he would draw, but not also too high because then his wings would be close to, to the sun. So Icarus gets so excited. He gets so overwhelmed by this feeling that he goes and flies close to the sun and, and he drops. And quite often, for example, I like the, the phrase, never too high, never too low. So is there something there? Or is this that throughout the ancient times, because of the various forces of mysticism, and of course, Christianity takes this idea to its limit, that you should not want too much. Actually, you should not want almost anything because that's egoistical or egotistical, however you want to call it. And as they say, it's easier for, uh, you know, a, uh, the camel to go through the thing rather than the rich person to go to, to heaven. But why is it that from the ancient times and even in more rational cultures, this idea of ambition, of aiming high, has been problematized? Good question. I think altruism in its Christian form definitely has done a lot more to discourage, um, you know, selfishness and um, high, you know, material ambition or really any ambition. But um, but going back to Greece for a moment, you know, the famous Aristotle uh, suggestion, everything in moderation, um, obviously a translation. And the more that I've been studying Aristotle, you know, I've been reading The Cave and the Light by uh, Herman, and I've read excerpts of Aristotle's ethics, the more I understand him to be saying everything in context. That's, again, this will come as a shock, but I'm not an actual scholar of Aristotle. But that's the way I understand. The more he goes into detail, he's saying everything in context. So, that's kind of how you evaluate an action and that's how you make decisions and, 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 that, and, and it all sort of amounts to a good life. So Aristotle, he sees your life as a whole as kind of the um, standard, as kind of the goal to keep in mind. So with that, it becomes clear to me that, that he was, uh, he, him and many others have grappled with um, things like selfish, self-interest and, greed versus generosity and things like that. And oftentimes people have said, look, a little selfishness is good, but some altruism is good. That's, I mean, this is an ongoing argument we keep having with the world. 
here in the uh, house of objectivism, Nikos. We keep hearing people say, no, no, I, I hear why some selfishness is good, you know, some greed, but we need to also have some altruism. But those are two conflicting philosophy, uh, conflicting ethics. What we need, what what we need is to fight for selfishness. We need to fight for a proper understanding of selfishness, which includes looking at your life as a whole. And of course, that involves more than just accumulating material. It means having good relationships. It means having a good reputation. It means respecting yourself, self-esteem. Um, I mean, it, it, it's all of it. So um, I think, uh, you know, the more the world has gotten hostile to bankers and Wall Street and material concerns, that that is, I think, uh, Christianity and, and, and its platonic influence. But um, but when when it comes to Greece, I do see something a little bit more grounded and and uh, admirable that says, like, look at your life as a whole and be selfish. But they they needed to they needed to properly define selfishness. This is why explicit philosophy is necessary. It arms you against um, contradictions. It, 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 it preserves the truth for you. So we need to properly know what we mean by selfishness. And again, it means looking at the full context and your life as a whole. And notice the double standards today when it comes to, to being over ambitious. So let's say Jeff Bezos makes, becomes a billionaire or, a, you know, he reaches, he reaches a new milestone and the usual idea is, oh, you know, why does he need another, you know, another zero in his account? There's no point in this. But notice how when Michael Phelps won, I don't know how many, uh, like 28 gold, 28 Olympic medals, this is something to be celebrated. When Floyd Mayweather comes back for one more fight and he wants to keep his, his, his record without defeat for one more fight, this is, this is celebrated. So the world recognizes that being ambitious, for example, for glory is good, but being ambitious for money is not good. And this is very, very weird. But what does Ram says? Like the bad philosophy always takes away, always pushes away the good philosophy in the same way that bad money pushes away the good money. So now we're reaching the level that any kind of ambition is seen as problematic. And this is our culture of low horizons. For example, what do they say nowadays quite often in schools, in, in, in boys at schools? Don't have a best friend. Like, don't be over kind of because this is it. Either excludes other kids or it can it can make you it can make you hurt. So this idea that human beings are not capable of any big feelings are not capable of any big endeavors, right? And knock on wood, if at some point you see, for example, SpaceX going wrong, everyone is gonna jump on Elon Musk and say, "Ha!" It will be even this almost joy saying, you see, like Icarus, you try to fly high and you, you, you burn your wings. So when this contradiction, as you said, is not, is not, is not clarified by philosophy, then phil the bad philosophy or absence of a philosophy creeps in more and more and more. And I can see a future which is already there where either people like Michael Phelps' ambition is considered is considered greed. That's right. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, like Jeff Bezos obviously improved all of our standards of living. And if he doesn't, you don't need to 
patronize Amazon. You don't need to use any, you know, any of the uh, services that he offers, but people do. I mean, you could not have, you could not have told me in the nineties that someday there'll be for like $10 a month or whatever it is, free deliveries anytime you want. And it comes with a bunch of movies and TV shows to watch to your heart's capacity. I'd be like, you're kidding me. I mean, this would be inconceivable just to, maybe even five years ago. I don't remember when Amazon Prime became a thing, but like, I mean, and it just keeps on accelerating and he keeps getting wealthier. I mean, it's, if we were benevolent as a culture, if we, uh, if we were egoistic, if we were as a general trend, selfish in the rational understanding of that word, if we embrace the virtue of selfishness, then we would celebrate people like Bezos and, um, you know, the, the, at least, and even still with Bezos and with, you know, other, um, you know, other giant companies that provide us a product, we can see what they're offering us. So even there, it's easier to appreciate what they're doing, quote, for us. I mean, they're doing it for themselves as well as for us. It's, it's a trade. But, um, but when it comes to finance, that's level two. That requires you to understand how the abstract relates to the concrete. That, uh, that speaks to long-range planning. That, that speaks to the concept of loaning out something today so that you can get back interest next year or in 10 years or in 100 years. It's just, I mean, uh, finance is final stage um, integration. When we respect finance, when we respect what finance signifies, what it does for people, why it is virtuous, then all other problems will be solved. Mark yeah, that reminds, me, that reminds me of an incident. So I have a, 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 like a guy who, you know, he's very interesting to chat with. We're, we're like in good terms. We watch football together and stuff. He, he's, a, he's a Marxist at the university and he knows my views. So like one of the third, fourth time when he visited me to watch a game, he sees Yaron Brooks' book, The Moral Case for, for Finance. And he was shocked. He was like, okay, I get everything else. But this, I get, I get all your crazy ideas, but finance is moral. And I think it's, it's what you said. It's, it's that it requires this extra level of abstraction, but also it has to do with this idea that you're only after money. Like, what does this one extra zero mean in your account? Now, the last thing I want to, to, to talk about today is how brave and how insightful Randy is when she realizes this and she goes and attacks it at its heart. So I think she, wants to, she wanted to reappropriate the term. And we can see this in a couple of cases. The, oh, by the way, there are going to be some spoilers. So if you haven't read Atlas Rugged, maybe it's time to put in mute and just see me and Raka make it. You can't like, really spoil Atlas Shrugged, in my opinion. So I would just speak freely, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you're, free, you're free to disclaim it, but go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Go ahead. So Richard Halley, which is the heroic composer, one of his operas is called Phaethon. Phaethon is, I think it's in Rand's mind, it's probably a legend which is similar to Icarus. It's not 100% the same, but Phaethon takes like a... A flying, a flying, uh, he flies also close to the sun and he fails. But in Richard Halley's version, Phaethon succeeds. And what happens? He's booed out of the States. Of course, later he's, he becomes a success, but the initial reaction of the culture is Phaethon cannot succeed. 
The second very interesting thing is the way she describes this place where all the productive minds, huge spoiler alert, gather, she calls it the utopia of greed. And there's a third point, of course, throughout the book, all the bad characters use the term greed against greed and all that stuff. But listen, a very, very beautiful use of the term. So we are in part three. I'm only gonna read one sentence. And the heroine and the arch hero of the book finally become one, finally have this very, very passionate uh, uh, kind of scene. And here's how it describes. It was as if she were reaching the limit of her capacity to feel. Yet what she felt was like a cry of impatient demand, which she was now incapable of naming, except that it had the same quality of ambition as the course of her life, the same inexhaustible quality of radiant greed. So I think, end of quote, I think that Rand wouldn't buy the never too high. Because for Rand, at your top moments, at your most radiant, at, at, your most ex, at the moments of exaltation, you de, if you deserve it, go to the sun. If you deserve it, fly close to the sun, fly even above the sun. So although I like the never too high, never too low. So I've read the, uh, a book which was by the guy who was training Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and the uh, uh, Tim Grover and the book was called Relentless. And he explains how Michael Jordan, even after every time he would celebrate for a while and then he was like, okay, next. Which is rational if you're very ambitious. But I like this thing also in Rand that when, you've, when it's something, when it's a rational endeavor and when you've earned it, be greedy. In that sense, maybe she would say, if she, was, if she would see the 87 field, greed indeed is good. Well, and we have I mean, one minute for you to, you know, to, 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 to give us. I mean, words need to be properly defined. So, of course, the way Ayn Rand was using greed, she was very much referring to earned accomplishment, you know, rightful, accomp you know, earning, earning things and rational selfishness. And, and, and absolutely that, you know, greed is good. But remember, when you hear someone use that word, they might not mean exactly what you mean by it. So lest we um, substitute words for their definitions or substitute concepts for their dictionary definition, we need to, we need to keep in mind uh, how to translate it when we hear someone else using word and also what do we mean when we use the word. I'm happy to embrace the word greed. I think it, it, it signifies something wonderful. So I'm probably going to change now. I said earlier that I see it as... Uh, I tend to use it negatively if I ever use it, just kind of like, uh, or when I when I hear it, I, I, I kind of think of it that way. But um, actual greed is good. It's just a matter of uh, properly defining what is your in your actual self-interest. And then um, by the standard of good versus evil, obviously you can never have too much good. And, um, you know, remember everyone, look at, the, look at things first-handedly. What do you want out of life? And then do you only want so, so a certain amount or do you want to get as much goodness as possible? Uh, if, you're, if you're Jeff Bezos now, do you, do you just kind of cap it at a certain level and then, and then do what with your life? Like you always should be looking to multiply your accomplishments and accumulate more because, uh, because if something's good, you can't have too much of it. It's just always a question of context.
And sometimes maybe it's also a buffer for you to like a safety net. Oh, I'm not greedy, you know, which means you don't push yourself. But we're not a motivation speaker, whatever. So, so although that's, that's, I think that's, let's reappropriate greed. Okay. Let's make this deal from now on in this. So we are, we, 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 we reclaim the term greed. How about right. that? I'm, I'm for it. And, you know, pride as well. Pride, this is similar to pride. If, and um, if you have moral ambition, then that's an excellent thing. So, uh, but how pride is normally used in everyday use, it's people usually just mean when you let your uh, narcissistic, uh, evasive, um, <laughs> like outlook cloud your judgment. So we need to be clear about what we mean by certain words. And then, yes, we need to reappropriate or appropriate words like pride, greed, and of course, selfishness. Right. So tomorrow we have a special 4th of July. So we've got Douglas Carswell with us. And, but more on that tomorrow. So from me and from Raka, thank you very much. Be rationally greedy and go for it. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.